Well, hey, I've been gone for two Sundays, so I'm going to steal a line from a famous preacher I know. What's up, fam? <laughs> so good to have you guys here today. If you're visiting, thank you so much for being here. And I hope to give you a, a good word, something you can take home and apply to your life. Because if you come to church and don't hear something applicable, the preacher ain't preaching what he should be preaching. Amen. Amen. I mean, I want to give you something solid today. So thank you for being here. I actually ended short first service. Are you, are you cool with that if I do that? I'm not promising I'm going to, but I'm just wondering if you're okay with it. Um, but it, it was a little shorter than, than normal, but that's all right. And uh, thankful to be home. Um, was glad to get away. We were at Lake Powell for, uh, for a week, and it was a lot of fun. But glad to be home, and glad to have Scott and Pastor Stevie bring you guys good word while I was gone. Uh, listen to both of them. Man, what solid, solid home run messages. And it's so cool to be able to leave or have somebody else preach and have it be a home run. That's a good thing. And so, so thankful for those guys stepping up and giving us great messages. Uh, I almost got saved in Scott's message, but I'm still thinking about it. It's close. It almost brought me to the cross, but... It was close. So, hey, let's get into this. We're in Joshua chapter 8. Again, uh, happy Independence Day. And what we're talking about today actually kind of fits into it because we're talking about how the Israelites were delivered out of Egypt. Um, they were enslaved there for 430 years. And then Moses was born and God had this plan and he led them out of Egypt, um, out of slavery. And that's kind of how America was built, was out of, out of away from tyranny. And it was called the Great Experiment. Um, and it was absolutely God's plan for America to be what it is or what it has become, and that is one nation under God. Even though it may not look at it that way, it's still one nation under God because he's up there, we're down here, and we can do nothing about that. Whether you believe him or not, it is still one nation under God. And I want to say thank you to um, our military personnel, uh, those of you who served or are serving in our law enforcement, uh, because without you, this freedom we are celebrating now would not be happening right now. So we owe you all a round of applause. Um, Thank you so much for serving. Um, you know, our military keeps us safe and our law enforcement keeps the law and order. And you can't have freedom and independence without law and order. You have to have police officers to keep that. Why? Because we don't know how to behave ourselves. Right. right? So there is a thin blue line and it's real. Amen. So thank you so much again for, for keeping our freedoms there. Because without you, without your service or previous service or your children's service, uh, we wouldn't have this country that we live in and the freedoms we have. I can preach today because of the freedom. Amen. And so we'll keep preaching even if it's not free anymore. If they come and take me away, I'm still going to preach. I'll just start prison ministry. Yeah, not that I want to. I'm not prophesying that. I'd rather stay out, but, but, but I'll, I'll preach wherever I need to preach. So a little recap. Um, as I told you, they were delivered out of what held them captive into a land of freedom, and that's really God's plan for us. Let me tell you something. We've, we talk a lot about God's plan for your life, and we know that, right? God has a plan. Do you know the devil also has a plan? So God's plan is freedom. The devil's plan is not freedom. Okay, the bondage is what the devil has a plan for your life. And if he gets you to do some things, then he gets you into bondage. But the Israelites were delivered out of what held them captive to a land of freedom. And what should have been less than a week-long trip to this new land of freedom ended up turning into a 40-year journey because of their disbelief and their fear. God led them to the promised land. They sent 12 spies in. 10 came out, said, there's giants. We can't do this. And, and two, Joshua and Caleb said, no, we can totally do this. And, and the problem is, is that the crowd believed the 10 over the two. And that fear and that unbelief kept them out. And they wandered for 40 years until a new generation was brought up to say, we can take this land. And so that's where we've been going is, is the Israelites now are taking possession of what God had given them 40 years ago. Because this new generation believed God over fear. And where in your life today is fear holding you back? Because I will tell you this, fear will always keep you from your destiny. 
You might be facing something today. It might be a career change. It might be marriage. It might be a child or having a child. It might be something, but you're afraid to do it. And fear will always keep you from your destiny. See, destinies, what I have found is they're never, they never come easy. Destinies typically are hard. There's something that you've got to fight for, something that you have to pursue. Uh, so if there's fear, then there's no room for faith. And today I hope that you will build your faith and get over the fear. See, we will always have some fears, but it's learning how to get over those fears to possess what God has for us. So, so we've talked in the last several weeks. They've crossed the Jordan River. They've taken the first city of Jericho. Um, if you know the story, God said, I just want you to march around it. You know, get up for seven days, get up, march around it once on the seventh day, march seven times. And the walls came tumbling down and they took Jericho. And that's how God's plan was at that point. The problem was there was a man named Achan who decided that he wanted to take some of the things out of the city that God said not to take. God says, don't take anything. We're going to build a treasury up, silver and gold. That's mine. And Achan decided to take a robe, silver and, and gold, and he hid it in his tent. Pastor Stephen did a great job preaching that. And we see what the repercussions were. If you weren't here, um, Achan stole stuff. He hid it in his tent, and he eventually got found out. And how did he get found out? Because they went to battle Ai, and they were like, oh, just take two or 3,000 people. It's no big deal. We'll take this city. And 36 Israelites were killed. It was the first casualties of these wars that would happen. Uh, and it was because they sinned. Achan's, he, what he did affected everybody. Let me tell you something. What you do affects all kinds of people. You might not think it does, but it actually does. So Ai was the little battle that turned into a big defeat. And Joshua was like on his face going, God, what happened? And God says, get off your face. Okay, there's something that you've got to deal with. And there are times in our lives, guys, where we spend time praying where we should be spending time in doing. Because it's easy to pray about it, right? We can pray, God, just help me change, help me change, help me change. But we don't do anything to make the change. Father, give me a job, give me a job, give me a job. And God's like, have you applied? No, Lord, I just want you know, the CEO of you know, Apple to call me to be the assistant CEO because that's what kind of faith I have. No, that's not how it works, right? So you pray about it, but then you apply it. We, sometimes we think God's supposed to do all the work, and that's not true, all right? So what I believe happened here is I think Joshua took action, okay, because Jericho, he took action against Ai without really seeking God first, without really asking God, do you want us to do it this way? Because had he done that, I think God would have said, hold on, there's sin in the camp. There's something that you need to deal with before you go to battle because you'll get defeated. But it doesn't ever say here that Joshua sought the Lord before Ai. They just said, hey, that's small. We'll just go take care of it. You ever had a little battle turn into a big defeat? Let me ask you, are you married? Because <laughs> what I just said will become true really big, all right? Those little battles, isn't it the stupid small things we fight about? They, they turn into big battles. I mean, it's, it's usually not the major things that destroy marriages. It's a bunch of little ones that turn into something big. And you ever got to that point in your marriage, you're like, how do we get to here, man? We started over what color the banana was. <laughs> you said it was green. I said it was yellow. And it was somewhere in between. But we both think we're right. If you're married, you know what I'm talking about. We fight about the dumbest things, don't we? At least my wife does. I, I, I'm always, you know, mine are justified. Isn't that how we think? Yeah, she's listening online, right? Is it, but she's in Florida right now, so she can't touch me for a week. Um, she'll forget I said it. But don't we do that? It, most of our fights are, are preferences or opinions. And it, it's really crazy how that happens. But, but Joshua didn't pray about it, and, and then they get this huge defeat. And now he's like, what's going on? So we're going to start today in chapter 8 with a story of where there's going to be a rematch here. I want to tell you a few things first, all right? 
A morning without prayer asking for help will likely end up with an evening prayer asking for forgiveness. I've told you this for a lot of years and it's really true. Ask God for help in the morning. I've talked to people before, they're like, well, I just do my devotions at night. I'm like, well, that's too late, right? Come on, somebody. It's going to be a long day if you don't amen me. <laughs> I'm going to turn the AC off and it's going to get real hot in here. Right? It's really true. We need to start our morning out with prayer and asking God for help because we will face things through the day. So Achan did his dumb thing. It affected everybody. The problem was dealt with and then they could move on. In other words, they couldn't win until they dealt with the sin. And it's really not any different in our lives. Okay, right? If we have this active sin going on in our life, God can't bless that. I'm not talking about making a mistake because we all blow it. We all sin. We all blow it. But if you have a sin that you're petting and you're not dealing with, it's going to come back and bite you. It's going to come back and get you. So we got to deal with the sin in our lives, um, even if it's on a daily basis before we can win battles. And they dealt with it severely. They killed his whole family. His whole family was just wiped out. And it was like, wow, that sounds a little harsh. And it named everybody but the wife. So she must have been of godly women. All the women say, amen, right? She was like, oh, you stole stuff. I don't want that. I don't even like that robe, boy. I'm, I'm gone. So we don't know where his wife was at, but she wasn't named and the killing. So they kill him. They piled a bunch of rocks over him as an example of don't take stuff that belongs to God. Don't do it. Okay? Just don't do it. So it was dealt with severely. Now that they have the spiritual side dealt with, they can deal with the physical side of things. So now there's this rematch with AI. And you ever had your team get beat by a team that should have never beat your team? Like there's this, that's what happened with AI. Like they're like, ah, they're small. And AI, it was like this huge upset. It was like the Chihuahua beat the pit bull. It's like, that, that, that can't happen, but it did, okay? It did happen, and now there's this rematch, and here's what I've learned. I think I've posted this this morning. Life is about learning to defeat the things that once defeated you. The good news is there's victory in Jesus. There is victory in serving God, and the things that you fight with, the things that you deal with, you can get victory over those things. But life is really about that, isn't it? It's about defeating the things that once defeated you. And I will be honest with you, some things you will battle with for the rest of your life. Satan knows what you like. He knows what you're tempted by. And, and he will pick on you the rest of your life. He will use those things. But it doesn't mean you have to give in to it. But you will battle it. Let's just be real. There's certain things you'll fight to the day that you die. This comes in many different forms. Whether it's lying or lust or gossip or pornography or drugs or overspending. Uh, there's a lot of things. That, you know, I was told, don't, be a, you know, don't make Dodger jokes anymore. It could be being a Dodger fan. Yeah. See, I was just seeing, uh, I could be a Giants fan, all right? Because I'm a Giants fan. Amen. It could be a lot of things, all right? And if you just got offended, man, you need to toughen up just a little bit, right? Tell this is a sports, all right? It comes in many different forms, but we will fight certain battles to the day we die. The day that you take your last breath on earth, the first breath you take in heaven, you're going to be like, thank you, Jesus, I don't have to fight this anymore. There's going to be a lot of freedom in this, right? But certain things you have to battle. And here's, how, here's what I believe, because I think every single one of us, if we could pray this prayer, Jesus, help me to never sin again. Every single one of us would pray that prayer, wouldn't we? Like, Lord, if you would help me never sin again, never have a bad thought, never have a lustful thought, never overspend, never lie, never cheat, never steal, never do anything that it is that you might face, I think we would all take that option. But that's not how it works, because then we would begin to think that we did it. Like, oh, I'm good enough, so I get God's favor because I'm good enough. That's not how it works, okay? I think we have to battle certain things to keep our hands held tightly in the hands of Jesus. Like, that's just the battles. Like, Jesus, I need you because I make a mess of life without you. 
I think God allows that, and that's what the fight is. So, um, anyway, have you ever you ever tried to catch a wild cat? Not like a wild cat, but a wild cat, like a cat, kitten cat. Have you ever tried to catch one? When I was a kid, we had a woodshed. Does anybody have a woodshed? Growing up, you had a woodshed? Like three of us? <laughs> Come on, there's got to... Okay. But who, had to, who burned firewood in their home? Just raise your hand. All right, then you probably had a woodshed or a place that you kept wood. Well, we had this woodshed, and, and I... I cornered a wild cat in the woodshed when I was about nine years old. I had these visions of grandeur of like, I am going to subdue the earth as we've been talking about in Genesis where the Bible says subdue the animals. So I was kind of acting biblically and I'm like, I'm going to catch this cat. And I caught the cat, all right. <laughs> and then the cat let me have it. It just scratched the snot out of my arms. And I was like, yeah. Like, and, and that's the title of my message is this is the problem in the pursuit. <laughs> There's a problem in some things that we pursue. And also, speaking of woodsheds, I didn't mention this first service. We had a woodshed outside of the church building where I grew up. Does anybody know what I'm getting at? Because who's ever been taken out to the woodshed? <laughs> Matter of fact, I could probably just point out who has not been taken out to the woodshed by your behavior. But I, I, we got taken out to the woodshed. I mean, it, and it, we got spanked in the woodshed. But at church, there was a woodshed that we had. And I remember this one time, my older brother... Um, I won't tell you his name's Mike, because I only have one older brother. And, and I remember he did something in church, and it was bad. And we lived in a little country church. Matter of fact, our house was across our cow pasture from the church, about as far as that house over there. So we walked to church, and we were still always late. It's like the closer you live to church, the more late you are. Does anybody relate to that? It was kind of weird. And I remember the moment when my dad, because he had the snap, and he would look at us. Anybody ever get the snap in church when you are a kid? And I remember him snapping, pointing, and we were like, whoa, because my dad meant business. And, and my brother, he, he did something over the top. So my dad took him out of church. We didn't have kids' church. We took him out of big church. And, and I remember he took him to the woodshed. And no kidding, I'm listening outside little tiny country church. I remember like during the singing or during the preaching, there was a pause. And during the pause, I hear a whack. Ow! It was my brother. And I'm like, yeah. Uh, true story. That's, that's just, uh, so we're going to build a woodshed out here. Um, change life church because your kid will be changed. Uh, no. Uh, that, that's just how I grew up. And so the woodshed was a real thing, all right? But I tried to catch this cat, and, and there was a problem in what I was pursuing. It hurt me. And that's where I got the title from, is there's a lot of things that we're going to look at today that what we're pursuing can actually be bad with us. So Joshua chapter 8, uh, verses 1 through 8. Chapter 7 was about dealing with the problem in the camp, and until that problem was dealt with, they couldn't win. Uh, same thing in our lives. When we don't deal with it, we can't win. Chapter 8 is about God's grace going, okay, you dealt with it, now let's get on with taking over Canaan. Chapter 7 starts off with the word, but. <laughs> That's bad. When a verse starts off with the word, but, you're like, okay, but God's about to do something bad. Chapter 8 starts off with the word, then. Okay, they dealt with it, now God says, okay, I'm going to give you some victory. It says, now the Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Why? Because he was. Okay? Mighty man of God, Joshua, was afraid and he was discouraged. So God addresses him and says, hey, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. You're going to win this fight this time. Take the whole army with you okay, and go up and attack Ai. For I have delivered into your hands the king of Ai, his people, his city, and his land. You shall do to Ai and its king as you did to Jericho and its king, except you may carry off the plunder and livestock for yourselves. Send an ambush behind the city. If Achan would have only known that he could take what he wanted in the next battle, everything would have been fine. Okay? But he didn't. 
So now they can take the plunder. So Joshua and the whole army moved out to attack Ai. Here's another tactic of, of battle. He chose 30,000 of his best fighting men and he sent them out at night with these orders. Listen carefully. You are to set an ambush behind the city. Yes. We're not supposed to walk around it? No, that was Jericho. You didn't have those questions, right? They might have been thinking, well, last time we just had to walk around it. Now he wants to sit in ambush at night. God does different, God has different tactics for different battles. You can't always win the battle the same way, and you've got to be okay with that. But I'm sure there was probably people going, well, last time we just marched around. Well, this time it's like, this is a sneak attack. It's going to be at night. So God changes the battle tactics here. Listen carefully. You were to set an ambush behind the city. Don't go very far from it. All of you be on alert. I and those with me will advance on the city. And when the men come out against us, as they did before, we will flee from them. So you guys got to hide behind the city. We're going to march out and expose ourselves like we did before when they came out and beat us. And we're going to basically lure them out is this tactic. They will pursue us, okay, away, away from the city as we have lured them away. For they will say they are running away from us as they did before. And when we flee from them, you are to rise up from the ambush and take the city. The Lord your God will give it into your hand. When you have taken the city, set it on fire. <laughs> Pastor Stevie, I'm looking at him because today's, don't set your city on fire, bro. Um, tonight, right, just fireworks. Don't be surprised if there is, just so you know. If you haven't lived in Cuna long, there's a lot of brush fires that happen, so don't be shocked. When you've taken the city, set it on fire. Do what the Lord has commanded you. See to it. You have my suggestions. Is that what it says? No, you have my what? My orders, right? My orders, okay? It's a command. It's not if you feel like it. It's no, this is what you do. And when you do it the way I tell you to do it, then you will have a victory. Let's talk about this for a few moments. So the Israelites were camped in a place called Gilgal, which was about 15 miles from Ai. So it was a fairly long march at night. And God delivered the enemy. God told him, I delivered the enemy into your hands. But this, this delivery is more like an Amazon delivery. Amazon, what do they do? Set it on your doorstep and then they walk away. They don't bring it into your house. And, and they, they deliver it, but it's your job to open the door and possess it. So delivery is not the same thing as possession. God does this often in our lives. He delivers it and we think he should bring it into the house and open it for us and, and put it where it needs to be, but that's not how God works. God does his part, and then he expects you to do your part. Some of y'all have some stuff sitting at your door, and God says, hey, I've delivered it to you, but, but maybe fear is keeping you from going out. Maybe you're like, well, I just really don't want to deal with it right now, and God is calling you. So God delivers it, but it's not the same thing as possession. And again, unlike Jericho, God says you can have the plunder. Again, if Achan only would have waited, some of you pushed it just a little too hard. It's like God gives you this promise and you want it now, and that's not how it works. That's not how it works. Can you imagine, ladies, if you wanted to, to have a baby and tomorrow it showed up? You think you'd be ready for that thing? <laughs> Every parent thinks they're ready for sleepless nights and screaming and crying and for the next 54 years. Um, Used to be 18 years. Now, now kids, you know, it, it, it's different, isn't it? Okay? It's a little bit different society. All right? The promises of God are only possessed through obedience. And God has given each one of you gifts and abilities. There is a plan for your life. And here's what I have found is that God's plan typically has to do with what you're good at, 
Like God gifts you, you have certain gifts and certain abilities, and that's what God's direction is. Um, if you have, you know, no skills as a surgeon and you, and, you, and you get grossed out, you're probably not called to the medical field. Okay? You, you might, you know, if you'd like to cut things open, become a butcher, not a surgeon. Because I'm not going to let you operate on me. There's gifts and there's abilities that God has given each one of us. There's skill sets. Um, So understand one thing, that even with your career choice, that God has a plan for it. At Jericho, I'm sorry, uh, Joshua, he was a battler. I mean, he was a fighter. That that was what God used his personality. And and we see as he goes through all these battles, you have to have that personality to be able to just to fight. So some of you have that mentality. That's kind of how God made you. So you either go into law enforcement or you go into the military because you have that in you. There's like a gene, a DNA to protect, to do what's right. Not everybody has those genes. But aren't you thankful for the ones that do? Yes. Right? I'm thankful for the ones that do, that are willing to, to put their life on the line for the lives of somebody else. So Joshua is using his leadership skills here. And, and again, they have this ta- great battle plan. It's a great tactic. But let me tell you something here. God gave the victory, but they still had to plan the fight. And you still have to make a plan for your life, okay? It's not unlike our lives here. The promises of God still have to be pursued. Let me ask you a question. Is, are there any things in your life right now that God has told you, hey, I want you to pursue this, but you're just not? And you're using maybe some excuses as to why. Now, there are times that God gives us rest, okay? We sit on the bench for a while to rest to get back in the game. But is there anything you should be pursuing that you're not because it's God's plan for your life? And here's what's going to happen. They're, they're going to use the king's pride against him. The king of Ai has some pride. And what I know about the devil is Satan always uses our pride against us. Doesn't he? Okay, the lesson here is more about the king of Ai than anything. So here is the heart of the message, verse 9 through 17, because this really is more about the king and what he should have been doing and what he actually did. So here's what happened. Then Joshua sent them all off. And they went to the place of ambush, and they lay in wait between Bethel and Ai. Bethel means house of God, and Ai means heap of ruins. And I found that interesting that it's already named, but people are inhabiting a heap of ruins. They're inhabiting a place that probably isn't great. It's fortified, but it's already a heap of ruins, and it's to the west of Ai. But Joshua said that, I'm sorry, spent that night with the people. Verse 10. Early the next morning, Joshua mustered his men. He and the leaders of Israel marched them to Ai. The entire force that was with him marched up and approached the city and arrived in front of it. They set up camp north of Ai with the valley between them and the city. Joshua had taken about 5,000 men and set them in ambush between Bethel and Ai to the west of the city. They had the soldiers take up their positions. All those in the camp to the north of the city and the ambush to the west of it. And that night, Joshua went into the valley. When the king of Ai saw this, king wakes up in the morning, looks out, and there's this army, just like it was a few days back before when they, when they won the battle. He and all the men of his city hurried out early in the morning to meet Israel in a battle at a certain place overlooking the Arabah. They felt pretty good about it. Like, yeah, we kicked their tails again. We're going to kick them again. So they get all these men. And here's, here's the kicker. But he did not know that an ambush had been set against him behind the city. Joshua and all of Israel let themselves be driven back before them, and they fled toward the desert. All the men, key word, all the men of Ai were called to pursue them, and they pursued Joshua, and they were lured away from the city. Not a man remained in Ai or Bethel who did not go after Israel, and they left the city open and went in pursuit of Israel. That's a pretty heavy verse. Here's what the king does. The king takes the bait. 
And it says here that the king did not know that there had been an ambush set behind the city. Why didn't he know? You have to answer that question. Why didn't he know? He didn't know because he wasn't looking. He didn't know because he wasn't paying attention. He didn't know because he didn't have scouts out saying, hey, there's an enemy and we need to be prepared. And what I have found is some of the things that come against us as humans, as Christians especially, happen to us because we just weren't expecting it. We weren't paying attention. We weren't keeping our, our, our eyes open for the enemy. And here's what I know about the devil. The devil is very smart. Okay, he's very, he has a lot of tactics. His, his tactics are leave him alone, leave him alone, leave him alone, leave him alone, attack. Because if the devil attacks you every day, you got, you're, you're, you're ready, right? But, but that, a good boxer, how, how does a good boxer connect? When the opponent isn't expecting it, right? Or expecting a different punch. Um, how, does, how does a baseball player strike out looking for a different pitch? Expecting something else. And, and this king here left his city open. Why? Because he just wasn't paying attention. And, and there was a pride that he had of, oh, I don't need to watch. Everything's fine. I'm, I'm, it's fortified. Everything's cool. But he didn't know it. Okay? Satan rarely attacks you through the front door. He likes the back doors. He likes the windows. And that's what he prefers. So this king held a position... But he offered no protection from the sneak attacks. This king liked the position as king, but he wasn't doing what was necessary to protect his city. All right, one thing I appreciate about President George W. Bush was um, when he told you, if you don't do this, we'll bomb you. Guess what he did? He bombed you. Like Saddam was saying, you got 48 hours to, to get out of Baghdad, and, and he didn't. And, and here's the thing. Whether you agree with it or not, it really doesn't matter. What, the, what I agree with is that he gave his word as to what we would do as a country, and he followed through with it. And other countries respected that. They're like, no, when he says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. And there was a fear factor there. And then the worst thing that we can do as a country is a leader who promises punishment but delivers nothing when it happens. Like as a parent, okay, if you tell your kid, hey, I'm going to discipline you and you don't follow through, you lose respect, okay? If you're not going to, if you're going to discipline them, like you say, don't tell them you're going to. So as a, as a president, that's, he led well in those areas. People took him serious when he's like, we will react this way if you keep doing this. Um, and I appreciated that. But one of the biggest tactical mistakes in the Bible is made in this story. And all the men of the city pursued Israel. And not only did they leave the women and children behind, they left the city gate wide open and here's what happened. The pursuit left them unprotected. This begs the question, and I wonder if today, if there's anything in your life that you are pursuing that is leaving your family unprotected. Is there anything that you're going after that has left the city gates wide open for the, city, for the, the enemy to come in and cause havoc in your life? Is there anything that you're leaving unprotected? And this comes in a lot of different forms. I, I even hate to say these words. It could come in the form of hunting or fishing, heaven forbid. Because some people pursue hunting and fishing, which I love both, but it becomes their God. It becomes the thing that that's what they focus on. And when they focus on something like that, they can leave their family unprotected. Ladies, you could... Pursue whatever it is that you pursue, whether it's shopping or overspending, or maybe you're the hunter and the fisherman. Can I say fisher person or can I just say fisherman? Because that's the way it should be, right? I don't have to be politically correct, do I? I'm going to say fisherman, just like mailman, all right? It can be male or female. I don't, I don't get into that whole dumb thing, right? It's, it's, it's okay, all right? When we play softball, once you cross the line, you're a guy. All right, good game, guys. All the women are like, yeah, all right. Um, that's, I did that Wednesday or uh, when we played the other night. Because in between the lines, I don't care. Like, good game, guys. And, and nobody got offended. It's amazing. Nobody left the church. 
Nobody posted anything bad about me on social media that I was, you know. Should I keep talking or should I shut up? Let's just keep going, right? You know where I'm at on that, all right? We just need to mature and grow up. All right, not everything should offend you. Amen. It's just the way it is. All right, it comes in a lot of different forms of leaving unprotected. Okay, but what are we doing that could leave our family unprotected? What am I doing, what am I pursuing that could leave me unprotected? So the rest of the story happens here, verse 18. All right, and this is, this is crazy. It says, then the Lord said to Joshua, okay, they left the city, everybody's all, yeah! Okay, last guy forgot to shut the gate. People inside didn't think to shut the gate because whoever was inside, it was women and children. Somebody should have been left to close the gate, but they didn't. They were so confident they were going to win that the gates would be wide open when they came back. But that's not what happened. It says, then the Lord said to Joshua, hold out toward Ai the javelin that is in your hand. For into your hand I will deliver the city. So Joshua held out his javelin toward Ai. And as soon as he did this, the men of the ambush rose quickly from their positions and they ran forward. They entered the city and captured it and quickly set it on fire. The men of Ai had a oh my goodness moment right here. All right, there's a lot of words you could put in there. Oh my goodness. They turned around and they looked back and they saw the smoke of the city rising against the sky, but they had no chance to escape in any direction. Do you ever have those moments where you think you have this thing and all of a sudden it turns completely opposite? Is that moment you proposed and she actually said no? Right? You're like, oh, I got this. No, what? All right. It, we, we have those moments where we think, man, I got this. I got this. And all of a sudden we look back and the city's on fire. And you went from this high of, yeah, to, oh, no. Only the case here was life and death. Some of us have made those decisions in life where we thought, man, this feels great. This is good. And then we realize, man, I just broke God's word. And now it's going to affect me. Now, now it's going to trap me. We all have done this with sin, right? We, we think it's all right. And then once we sin, the devil's like sets the hook and we're like, oh, shoot, this is what I did. Now I'm in trouble. Now I got to figure out how to get out of this. And these men probably look and their hearts probably sink because they're women and their kids were back there. And they just realize what I was pursuing has turned into a poison. What I was pursuing is now going to turn into what's going to destroy me. It says, for when Joshua, okay, they, they, now they saw the fire, they turned back and they started pursuing those bad guys that were pursuing them. And they turned around, and for when, verse 21, for when Joshua and all Israel saw that the ambush had taken the city and that the city was going up in smoke, they turned around and they attacked the men of Ai. The men of the ambush also came out of the city against them so that they were caught in the middle. With the Israelites on both sides, and Israel cut them down, leaving neither survivors nor fugitives. Not one person escaped this. And then they took the king of Ai, and they brought him to Joshua. When Israel had finished killing all the men of Ai in the fields and in the desert where they had chased them, and when every one of them had been put to the sword, all of the Israelites returned to Ai, and they killed those who were in it. 12,000 men and women fell that day. All of the people of Ai, the entire city was wiped out. And we might go, wow, that's really severe. Why would God allow that? Well, here's what I'm here to tell you is that, that God didn't kill people per se. He killed the sin. Okay, because Ai was a very wicked people. Every, every person in Ai, was, there was wickedness in them. And it was like getting rid of a cancer because when you leave cancer cells, cancer cells will reproduce. Wickedness reproduces. And we look at the story, we're like, wow, that's pretty severe. But sometimes God has to deal with things severely. They were going into a, 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 a land that was inhabited by wicked people. And God would destroy them completely. 
And for us Americans, this is hard to think because we're like kind of compassionate. But in this context, you have to let God be God. Sometimes God's wars are necessary. They are, right? It could be a, a thing of God to wipe out wickedness. And we're like, wow, that sounds really harsh, but it is harsh. Why? Because sin is harsh. And here's what I know. How, how, this related to, let's say you have cancer, okay? I had, I had cancer on my scalp a couple years ago. And when I went in, the doctor looked at it. He's like, I, I said, well, what happens if I don't deal with it? He goes, what well, can grow into your brain? I was like, when's my next appointment? <laughs> like, because I didn't, wasn't taking it that serious. I had it for about a year, and I didn't really realize what could it turn into because it was that type. And so I was like, well, let's just deal with that. So I went in, and, um, and I went in all by myself. My wife was like, well, I'm going to go with him. No, just let me deal with it by myself. So I went in, and, and they, they cut out like a shape of a football. And then I started sewing it up, and I said, why does my face feel tight? And they're like, well, we had to cut out a thing and then you know, squeeze it together to sew it. So I'm like, oh, so I got a free facelift with a cancer removal because my face, I walked out like this. It was just this. So I look better, right? And it was like two for one day, but that's really what happened. They just squished it together. So something good can come out of something bad. I look five years younger, maybe. Either way, the cancer was gone. And I'm glad that my doctor said, well, no, I got 80%, but you know, I didn't feel like doing, dealing with the 20 now, a good cancer doctor is going to get every cell he can. Why? Because wickedness, like cancer cells, reproduce themselves. So that helps us understand the context here because we look at it from the human level and go, wow, that sounds severe. But God had to deal with all of the sin. Why? Because that wickedness would continue to infect his people if they didn't deal with it, which a couple times it actually happened when they didn't do what God said. So they were all annihilated. Right, and so that's that's part of that that's uncomfortable to talk about, but it's just the reality of it. Is God had to cleanse the wickedness um, out of the city, so they went through, killed everybody, and then this it says, but Israel did carry off for themselves the livestock and the plunder of the city, as the Lord had instructed Joshua. So Joshua burned Ai and made it a permanent heap of ruins, a desolate place to this day. He hung the king of Ai on a tree and left him there until evening. At sunset, Joshua ordered them to take his body from the tree and throw it at the entrance of the city gate. And they raised a large pile of rocks over it, which remains to this day. Now, this is the fourth rock pile in like the matter of a week or two. They did a rock pile in the, when the river stopped. They put a big pile of rocks there, 12 rocks as a symbol of, hey, this is what God did. And when they got up on the bank, they put a pile of rocks there. So when the kids say, hey, what's a pile of rocks? They're like, that's when God led us through the Jordan River. Uh, when Achan sinned and they killed him, they threw rocks on him. They piled up rocks. And now the king of Ai. So there's like these rock piles around to remember like what had happened. I have a thought with this. When you go to Idaho City, there's a lot of tailings from gold mines. Okay, you'll see lots of, lots of rock piles. And, and here's what you can do. You can tell your children that you heard a wise man say one time that disobedient children are under those rock piles. So if you don't behave on this camp trip, see those rock piles? It's not true, but you can say you heard some wise guy say that. <laughs> Notice I said wise guy. I didn't say wise man. <laughs> or you just use that as a, hey, do you know what's under the pile of rocks? And you can tell them a story, all right? There could be somebody under that. So just behave yourselves. There's all these rock piles, and it's just kind of an interesting thing to me that stood out. And here's what I know. Again, the pursuit left them unprotected. Left them unprotected. They saw the smoke. Now it's too late. And like Achan, when they finally realized what was happening, when the king and his men finally realized what was happening, the thing that they were pursuing was the very thing that destroyed them. And I want you to ask yourself that question today. Is there anything in my life that I'm pursuing that will end up in destruction? 
Is there anything that I'm going after that might feel great at the moment, but if I stop to think about it, is this really good for me? Is this something that's going to hurt me? Is it going to hurt my walk with God? Is it going to hurt my marriage? Because like Achan, there was poison in the pursuit of a possession. There was poison in it. So don't wait for a tragedy to realize what your priorities should be. A lot of times we will do that. We'll, we'll have a tragedy and then we'll get our priorities. But, but why don't you try that before the tragedy happens? Get your life prioritized today. So they saw smoke, now it's too late. They realized now that it was a trap. It was that shiny thing that they were chasing and that shiny thing had a hook in it. I've told you this for a long time. If you don't stick to your convictions, you will end up with addictions. You gotta stick to your convictions. Now granted, this story had God in it, okay? As part of what happened, God caused the king to probably pursue them or at least God used his pride against him. But I will tell you this, if it's not in you, it can't come out of you. If it's not in you, it can't come out of you. I will tell you this, all of us have pride. I think, I think I realize this being married, that I have way more pride than I thought I did. Some of you are too proud to say amen. It's true. We all have pride, right? We do. We all have pride in us. And it comes out. Everything was wiped out. All the people were wiped out. God annihilated the sin. And again, evil reproduces itself. So what are you allowing to live in your life? Okay? And as we see in the flood, we've been going into Genesis on Wednesday nights. That even the flood, there was eight people remained. God wiped out the wickedness. But there was still the seed of sin left within the eight people who survived the ark. Why? Because it wasn't too long before the world went crazy again. Guys, we need Jesus to do right. Okay, we need him. We need him to be able to do right, to have a good country. We have to be a nation under God and followers of Jesus Christ. So there is danger in distraction. There's danger in distraction. And the king of Ai found this out the hard way. He was distracted by what he saw, but he didn't pay attention to what was behind him. And as Christians, we can fall into that same trap if we're not careful. I, I see the world today as a lot of smoke and mirrors. Uh, the devil knows this tactic well. Uh, we'll just keep people focused on the environment, on a virus, on injustice, on all the things that are only symptoms of a bigger problem. I will tell you this. The, the problem that our world has is a sin problem. It's not a race problem. It's not a gun problem. It's not a virus problem. It's not, there, there's, we we want to focus on the wrong things. But the fact is, is the Bible says every single one of us is going to die. Every single one of us, that's why we have to be ready for that day. We have to have our hearts right with Jesus because every single one of us are going to die. And aren't you, aren't you a little bit glad? Are you kind of sick of this body? I mean, I wasn't asking if you're sick of my body, but I kind of pointed to myself. But, but aren't, don't you get sick of waking up and going, man, I'm getting old. I don't, I'm tired. I, I don't, things aren't working right. Your body is not made to last on this earth. Okay, and that's a good thing. Why? Because we get new ones that don't have any more issues. I'm pretty excited about that, okay? We get to trade this thing in for something good. But, but the problem, again, isn't, in the world, isn't, it's not you know, the mass shootings and it's like, well, it's a gun. We need to do gun control. No, we need human control. Right. We, need, we need sin control because it's sin that causes it. It's not the gun. I've never caught one of my guns sneaking out of you know, the safe at night going, I'm going to go shoot somebody. No, no, all right? No, it, it, it's, it's a human problem. It's a sin problem. We're focusing on the wrong things. It's like when McDonald's, remember you used to have the, the supersize fries back when Americans were free to choose what we ate? Um, you know, and you could get supersized McDonald's. It was super, it was huge. It was awesome. And, and all of a sudden they're like, well, this is causing obesity. So McDonald's, you can't sell supersize anymore. So 
So I just order two orders of fries, baby. I'm going to bypass your little stupid law. I'm going to do what I want. Uh, it, it wasn't a super, and McDonald's is not responsible for your weight, right? Or my health or my heart. Okay? They're not responsible for that. I'm responsible. I, I have to choose to not eat as many French fries. So to go, yeah, well, you can't do supersize anymore. Um, and you can't have plastic straws either. Those bad, right? Bad. If you moved here, welcome to Idaho. I get a real straw. Yeah, it doesn't melt when I take one drink. You ever tried the paper straws? They're terrible. Like you can't even shoot a spit wad out of them. It's like it is the spit wad. You just chew it up and whatever. It's just a weird thing. But we're doing our part to save the world that's going to burn in the end because that's what the Bible says. We can focus on the wrong things. That's what I'm getting at. Okay, we can focus on the environment. We can focus on all, all the stuff that, that is just kind of smoke and mirrors. But the problem is sin. That's what it is. I, had, I heard somebody say, it wasn't new, that, that racism isn't a skin issue. It's a sin issue. Because if we all act like Jesus, there is no racism. That's what we need to get right. Right? It's just getting our hearts right with the Lord. Okay? So, anyways, just be careful with what the world is putting out there. And let's just see things for what they are. Because the king of Ai did not see things for what they were. He pursued something, not realize there was an ambush. And as, as, as Christians, I think we need to see that there's ambushes set in our country. We just need to be wise to them. Amen? Keep our hearts right with God. Stand up for what's right. Love people. Okay? You can tell people they're wrong with a smile on your face. You, can, you, know, you have to be a jerk about it. It's really true. But be careful with what you're pursuing. Okay? Choose to pursue being like Jesus. It'll take care of a lot of problems. Uh, I posted this, I think it was this last week, is what you allow today, you have to deal with tomorrow. What you allow today, you have to deal with tomorrow. What you allow yourself to do personally, that might be against God's word, you're going to have to deal with it. What we allow our kids to get away with, okay, we're going to have to deal with it. That's why I'm a big person on discipline. I mean, discipline when they're young. Don't start when they're 13. It won't work. Right. <laughs> right? Bend over, boy, you're going to get a whooping. What? <laughs> Take away their phone. That usually works pretty good, too. All right. Isn't it kind of funny that they can have an attitude when you take away something that actually belongs to you? really true all right there's different ways to to discipline so independence has to be fought for and jesus again he died so that we can be independent of sin and i'm so thankful for that so thankful for that thankful for second chances so a couple things i want to deal with and uh is okay i'm pretty i'm done pretty much (laughs) pretty much be careful when a pastor says pretty much because he's not really done done but we need to deal with two things number one are you right with Jesus today? Have you given your life to Christ? And if not, okay, the Bible says there's heaven and there's a hell. Guys, I believe that's why I do what I do, is there is eternity. You will spend eternity somewhere. And the Bible is very clear that if you do not give your life to Jesus Christ, you will pay for your own sins and eternity in hell. That's what it says. But the great thing is John three sixteen that God loved us enough to say, I'm going to provide a way for you. All you have to do is ask me to be your savior. And live for me. That's all you have to do. So if you bow your heads with me just for a moment. And not here to, to, to push religion or anything on you. But what I'm here is to offer you okay, salvation. To say this salvation is found only in Jesus Christ. And if you've never made this decision. I will tell you this. You're, you're a little bit miserable inside. If you've never given your, given your life to Jesus. There's something missing in you. And you know it. You've tried a lot of different things. Whether it's sex or drugs or relationships or money. And you know that it always comes up empty. There is a God-sized void in you that can only be filled with him. And if you've never given your life to him today, and you want to, okay, again, I'm not pushing on, but, but I'm just going to deliver it like the Amazon guy. I'm going to put it at the door. Whether you open the door or not, that's up to you. 
But Jesus wants to forgive you today, but you have to ask him. And if that's you today, if you need to get right with God, I'm just going to ask you just to lift your hand up where I can see it. I'm not going to point you out or anything. Okay, I see that hand. Right, see, okay, a couple hands. Okay, that's good. Here's what we do at our church. We, do, we pray this prayer as a family, just in support of those who raise their hands up. And I'm going to ask you just to repeat after me a simple prayer to ask God into your life. Let's just pray it together. Dear Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. And be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You prayed that prayer. You just got forgiven. Amen. And you're on your way to heaven. Amen. That's a good thing. It's, it's that easy. Okay. It's that easy. And Jesus made it easy. Okay, so if you need a Bible, we have one or information booth. Um, we'll, we'll give you one. We have a new believer's handbook. Second thing is, again, if you just bow your heads with you for a moment, because I, I want to pray for you. Are you struggling with something that you just like me? And just a quick hand to see, I, I'm pursuing some things that I shouldn't be pursuing. Is there anybody in this place that could say that? Okay, all right, hands up. All right, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for those who are bold enough to raise their hands to say, I'm pursuing some things that probably aren't good. I pray that you would give them the strength to keep fighting, to keep battling. Uh, to keep going forth in their faith. And we just love you and give you thanks for the help that you give, because without you, we just make a mess of life. And we give you thanks for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. We're not quite done yet, right? All right, where is, is Melissa and Robert here? It's the family. Come on, where are you at? You gotta, you gotta come up here. Melissa is our secretary. Robert is our treasurer on the board. And fortunately and unfortunately, he's in the military. And sometimes the military moves you. And so um, Melissa's been our secretary for how long? Five years? Yeah, we don't know. It's kind of like when you're married after 30. You're like, I don't, I don't know. But, but we just want to say thank you guys. Uh, they're moving to Gooding. Gooding, okay? And so it's a ways away. Um, awesome people. And again, I know they don't like this, but I have to do it. But I just want to say thank you from all of my heart. Uh, just for being amazing people. Um, Melissa knows me very well, and she has things done before um, I even need them. And she's like, oh, I got to take care of it, so it's awesome. But she has trained another Melissa. <laughs> Melissa, Melissa Morris is going to be taking her position. But I just want to say thank you so much for man, being just an amazing, amazing couple. Love her. The girls are amazing. Um, I'm not sure what you guys would do without your daughters, because they're staying here like Samuel did uh, with Hannah. But, um, but okay, yeah. <laughs> But Acacia and Araya, they're like my little princesses, and just, they get to come to work, and it's just so, such a pleasure. But I'm sad, and I'm excited at the same time. Um, so anyways, we have a little gift for Melissa. This is not for you, Robert. Um, yeah, yeah, it would be camouflage if it was for you, but there's probably something in you. But I, just, I do want to pray for you guys. So, all right, Pastor Stevie, let you guys come on here. Father, I thank you. For Robert and Melissa, I thank you for this next step that you have in their life. I thank you that they have served this church um, and you so faithfully these last several years that they were here for a reason. And I just love you, give you thanks. Um, just bless them. We're going to miss them. But I know that this next chapter in their life is going to be a good thing. And we just give you praise for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's just give them a hand for that. Love you guys. Amen. Well, guys, thank you so much. Um, be unsafe tonight. Um, light off illegal so I can see them because I don't do it. Um, I'm a pastor. I got to watch myself. But uh, again, uh, tonight, if you're newer, and I didn't explain this, I kind of freaked somebody out uh, first service. I, I told them tonight you're going to hear gunshots. 
And what I didn't say, I didn't add to this point because I'm dumb sometimes. I was like, it's not gunshots, it's fireworks. Um, if you're part of CUNA must know, you will hear these people from cities like Oakland that moved here. They're like, who heard gunshots? And we're like, it's just firecrackers because that's the way it is. So I, I didn't add the second part. And this lady after she says, is it really going to be gunshots? I mean, and I'm like, no. She's like, well, you didn't explain. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. So I think she was like, I don't want to go out of my house because it's, it's not gunshots. It's just fireworks. All right. And then watch out for the badgers. They will get you. But you took their home when you built your house. Love y'all. Have a great day.